1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW avoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and
1: conditions 18 plus. Hello, uh, this is me, Chris McLeod. Tickets are on sale for my critically acclaimed show, Forgiveness, at the iconic 100 Club on Oxford Street in London.
0: How can you write a comedy show about the murder of your father? Well, Chris McGlade, the Northern Comedian, has with his critically acclaimed show, Forgiveness, at the 100 Club on Oxford Street, October the 12th. Tickets at biletto.co.uk or at the 100 Club. Chris McGlade, Forgiveness.
1: Come down and see the show. Thanks very much. From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC... It's Review from the Terrace, a pop culture Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Still Game Podcast. My name is Bethany Tennick. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable.
0: Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle,
1: debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling, and so much more. Some intern got fired for that. Like, (laughs) be like, Jared. And
0: what would you have done? Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. Review from the Terrace brings together a collection
1: of professionals, pals. Misfits And special guest interviews The one and only Ewan Angus G Telfer Director of Slow Games Michael Hines That's Review from the Terrace A newly created Podcast network With at least Two shows dropping Every week Good to see you man Good to see you man (laughs) Been no long time man
0: (laughs) Many people will say It's the biggest moment In the history of this. It's (laughs) (laughs) about (laughs)
1: 35 Find us on Acast Or wherever you get Your podcasts
0: Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Chelsea podcast with me, Andy Saunders, and my good friend Gary Hayes. Uh, Gary, we're here to talk about the Spurs game coming up this weekend. Spurs, uh, a uh, historical rival of Chelsea and one that everybody gets exercised about. How much of a, we've spoken about this before, uh, how much of a, a sort of rivalry do you personally perceive with Spurs? Well, obviously, no, it's big to the club. But me personally, I don't really... Well, I, I do I
1: do love putting it over them because they hate us. But I grew up with Chelsea stuffing Spurs every season. So I just see him as a bit of a joke. So I've, I've never really had a, that much of a bad feeling towards them. My, my, the teams I hate are Arsenal and Liverpool. But um, Spurs, it's always good to beat them, right? But um, yeah, I've never had any too much of a bad feeling against them. I think it's funny the way they lost against Palace last weekend. I think it's funny the way they just give everyone material all the time. You know, they start the season with the hundred percent record, and then they go to Palace, who get smashed just, at Palace, yeah, didn't they? And we just walked all over them. You know, we walked all over Palace, and then they go to Selhurst, and you know, just get absolutely annihilated. Even with a slightly Leather
0: different name. Palace, it wasn't it. I mean, they bought that new bloke, on. he scored after four seconds and then yeah, scored Oldson another Edward. goal, and then they had a few players back. From and listen, I'm not making excuses, but, you know, we, we played a particularly poor iteration of Palace, I think. But, yes, they didn't look good. Uh, Harry Kane was utterly invisible. Um, and it doesn't look like a squad that seems to gel or have any anything about it. it doesn't seem to have that, that word that we've used about Chelsea a lot. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to have any personality, that team.
1: No, it doesn't. And um, I guess they've got a new manager, but... It's the same old problems that you see at Spurs, isn't it? I think, you know, um, they, they were there under Pochettino. Jose thought he could change it and he couldn't when he realised and got out of there. And then, you know, I just think that even with a new manager, it's the same old problems that they've got. You see it. They're just weak throughout it. This, uh, I think it's like this weird lack of mentality as well. Maybe because they've got players who haven't won anything collectively and they haven't won anything for 13 years now, have they? So which obviously, regrettably, their last trophy came against us. Wasn't but was um, the league
0: since, God knows when,
1: have they? 50, it, was, think, it was 61, wasn't it, 61, when they did the yeah. double. But um, I just I just think that collectively as a club, they have this idea that we can get so far, but then we will fall. You know, they did it when Leicester won the title. They did it in the Champions League final. It's almost like they, they're happy just to get there. And I think that, you know, to be elite, you, you can't be like that. I think you look at Chelsea in the last 20 years, this win at all costs, we can't just be happy to get there. Whereas Spurs are almost, oh, we were in a Champions League final once.
0: You know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I think if you look at the match-up on paper, player for player, I don't, there's, apart from Harry Kane and the Romelu Lukaku situation, I don't think there's any player that in the Spurs side that would get a first pick in the Chelsea side. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm just looking at it analytically. Is there any players, position for position, that would get in our first team above what we currently have in the Chelsea squad?
1: I'm not saying he would, but I think there would be an argument for Son. I think the goal... Okay, he scores... all right. I
0: might I might give you that one.
1: Uh, but that's not me saying that he should. I'm just saying that you could put an argument there because he, he is prolific almost isn't he more so than our inside forwards he had an
0: incredible season last season didn't he
1: and I think he does those overlapping runs so well where Kane drops deep and finds him and it's you you see it happening but it's really hard for teams to defend against it because Son is so quick and he can just nip in behind like that right but I think he's
0: apart apart from Son is there any player um who, who you think player for player would get into our first team above any current Chelsea player
1: Eric Dyer? No, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I'm joking. come on, Gary. I'm Don't joke I'm about joking. that stuff. No, I, I think you're right. But then uh, but then as, as we see a lot of the time as well, it's not always just about, you know, weekly. Uh, it's weekly. So I had an email come up saying weekly. It's not about individual talent, right? It's about what you are collectively as a team. And I think what Tuchel has done in the time that he's been at Chelsea, is that he had this individual talent that maybe wasn't necessarily gelling as well as we wanted to under Lampard. And he's really brought it together as a team. And I think you look at Chelsea now and there's a fluidity from the back to the front where Mm. even if you can look at it and think, yeah, pound for pound or player for player that we're better or we're worse than the team. I just think that Chelsea collectively are so strong in all those areas. Because I think, you know, you, you could look at it and people could think, oh, Alonso's a weak point. But I think collectively as in the team and in the system that we play, You know, it sort of complements the talent that we've got, and I just think that we are, regardless of individuals, we're a much better team than Spurs.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point about chemistry and about gelling and about uh, a manager who can harness the collective spirit and unity of a team. And in Tuca, we've definitely got that, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we have, and you know, I think that with Spurs is that we went for that little period where we wobbled in Conte's second season. Uh, you know when they beat us at um, Stamford Bridge, and then it, it led to them beating us um, at the old White Hart Lane, right before their new stadium opened. Mm. But then, since the new stadium opened, they haven't beaten us there. We, we've played them there three times. They got a draw in the in the League Cup. Um, I don't know um, it, but they beat us on penalties, didn't they? Yeah, but you know it's, it's not it's not a victory victory, yeah. right?
0: Well, this time last year wasn't it? Yeah, September.
1: And I um, but I think you, you see the two performances in the league. Um, December 2019, we beat him two nil, the the Willian game, and then last that season game. that was
0: the my favourite game of the season. That was uh, that was an utterly brilliant game. That was Frank changing the system, wasn't it? And Son getting sent off, and just one of those great games just before Christmas as well Perfect. there was
1: such delight as well the fact that it was their first time playing us at three point lane or whatever they want to call it now and we just turn them over like we always do right yeah. then we go there last season we beat them there as well you know well we beat them the
0: game after that 2-1 didn't we and then as you say we lost on penalties in the league cup then there was a draw I think a nil nil draw um, at our place and then yeah. we went away to them beating 1-0 didn't we so it's it's um you know we've, we've got a pretty good record against them in in recent times and traditionally we've got a very good record against them as you say there was a bit of a wobble uh during the Conte years but I think um you'd have to say looking at them on paper that this is a great opportunity to go and play Tottenham and get some points isn't it
1: yeah I, th- I, th- it, I, I think at the moment as well is that with Chelsea's you don't necessarily even need to look at the opposition, just look at what we've got. And I know we've
0: got a, I think, a Champions I think that's League. actually a very good point, Gary.
1: Yeah, and I think that we've got a Champions League game, you know, in the week. But I think that Tuchel was very clever in that he knows Spurs is a more important, bigger game than Villa. And we spoke about it in the last podcast, how, you know, we got away with one almost and he sort of changed it around to give the players legs for the games that were coming up and he knew he could do it against Villa. Um, so I think that going into this game, even with a midweek Champions League game, we're going to be looking stronger. But then, aren't Spurs playing in the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup Europa League version this season as well? So they're going to have yeah. to contend with some European football.
0: Should be said as well that we are recording this before the Zenit game, so we don't know the result of the Zenit game or who played or if there were any injuries or anything like that. Yeah, if so anyone we'll broke to... their leg or whatever. exactly, we don't we don't know any of that. So we're we're going on assumptions. Um, if you had to pick a team to play Spurs this weekend who would you pick obviously Edouard Mendy in goal uh, yeah. assuming all the defenders are fit who would you pick as a back three
1: I'd go Rudiger Silver and Azpi
0: would you okay yeah I think I'd probably go Rudiger Silva Christensen okay yeah
1: uh, and J- James, it, James is back now, isn't he? Because it wasn't yeah. a one-game suspension. Yeah. So I'd play James. That, that's why I'm saying I'd play Asby because I'd play him behind James. Fine. I think and that... so you'd,
0: you'd go James. Who would you have on the other side as a fullback? Chris Chilwell w- or Alonso?
1: I would have Alonso on okay. current form because he's played a lot and he's buzzing and he did it at Wembley against them, didn't he?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go Alonso for his attacking threat. Yeah, Um, I think that this is a a game where we're going to be pushing forward a lot. So in midfield, assuming that you have Saul, Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic, and I know you, I'm going to put him in there because I know you think he should play that mount, So you have (laughs) those five available, who would you play in the double pivot
1: well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't experiment Mount there against Spurs. Um, okay. I, I would play, um, provided he's fit, Kante and Saul. Not really. and no, I'd play Kante and um, Kovacic on current form. Right. Um, and then the attackers, obviously Lukaku is a given. And I'd have Havertz and Mount.
0: Okay, well I'd go with the um Lukaku Havertz mount. Definitely do that. I think I would put Jorginho in the middle. Um I think I'd go Kante Jorginho. And I know that's really harsh on Kovacic because he's played incredibly well. Um but I think I think those two are just dynamite when they play together. Um,
1: I know what I mean there's, there's probably more balance between Kante and Jorginho than there is with Kante and Kovacic because I think Jorginho is better at just stopping the ball and moving it than whereas Kovacic would want to Run drive. a little bit. Cantail, yeah. yeah. Kante want to drive a little bit. So there's, there's maybe more balance, but I just think on current form, I think the way Kovacic has played, I think he'd be deserving. I think it'd be really tough not to not to put him in the team.
0: Key battles on Sunday. Where are they going to come from? Obviously, you've got Lukaku against the Spurs defence. Any problems you can see there?
1: I think he's just going to bamboozle them, isn't he? Oh, cause even Benteke gave them a go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just it's like, Ben Even Benteke's
0: ben doing Benteke ben burgles, a, burgles a living as a footballer, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, he, he looked all right for a little bit of Villa and then he went to Liverpool and it sort of killed him a bit, didn't he? But I just think if Benteke can... And I know it wasn't their, their strongest defence and they've got um, you know Sanchez to come back after he was uh, quarantined and after playing for Colombia and stuff. But I still think that you look at Dukaku and that Spurs defence is just so wobbly. You know, they just don't. They just don't look strong. They they were scared every time, you know. Benteke was trying to do something, and then when Zaha completely, I know Tan uh, Tanganga will be out for the game because he got sent off. But I think
0: stupidly you know, sent he, off.
1: Yeah, well, to be fair, I thought it was a bit harsh because he was pulling out of the tackle. Still but, a yellow though, wasn't it? it wasn't a red. Um, it was a I yellow. I, ma- maybe he should have got a red for the way he rugby tackled Zaha, where he sort of well, closed I, I thought
0: absolutely thought that was a potential red, but you know, I thought they were two yellows. It wasn't a red. It wasn't a straight red that he got for the... T- no, for the it wasn't. No, no, I know, but
1: I still think that like...
0: You don't think that maybe. one's yellow?
1: No, because like, you can see he's pulling out, right? So he's pulling out and you can see there's no intent, but yeah. he's the Spurs player, so I don't really care. But I, just, I know he's not playing on Sunday, but um, I just think that they look so fragile. They yeah. really do look fragile. And I think that if we played the way we did against Villa, ignoring our defensive priorities ourselves, because we seemed a bit disjointed, but it was a disjointed team. But I just think if we played like we did on the front foot... Where we're turning over possession real quick, mm. you know those
0: transitions are really quick. Really important as well, those transitions. Which is why I think Jorginho should play because I think when we're talking about transitions, he's the he's the key man for those for me. Um, See the, the
1: one the one thing he doesn't do enough of, and if he did, it would be you know to his um, to his merit is what Kovacic did for that first goal for Lukaku, where he he spins, he gets quickly. in the space, and he. He didn't want too many touches and he puts it. It's a really deep pass that really turned that defence quick because yeah. they, they wanted to keep just dropping a little bit. Because then, when, as they drop more, right, it means that Lukaku's got less space to run into. So, yeah. as that ball goes, he's got a whole field to run into, which allows him to go wide and come in. I think mean, we could do I t- that against I totally first. get that.
0: I, I mean, I, and I totally I, I get that and I accept that 100%. I just think that during the transitions, I think when Jorginho, who's so able to kind of create a rhythm in midfield in terms of the short ball to short ball, um, to receive it and give it and go and break the transition, allow somebody you know create the space to to, to allow someone else to do it. That for me is Havertz and Mount's job. You know, to get that ball up to Lukaku, you know, and, and to be to be those those offensive players. Um, you're absolutely right about if we can put a ball over the top or through the channels, absolutely we should. Um, but I just think Jorginho's clever, cleverer than Kovacic in the transition. I think the transition is going to be really important. That's yeah, my no, view.
1: I've, no, but I think you're right because that's, that's what I always say about, you know, I said it on the last podcast how I had a um, very immature nickname for him calling him cul-de-sac with Kovacic because he likes to get the ball too many touches and he's not clever. Whereas I think Jorginho is more streetwise in that sense, but just seeing mm. the way he did that, where he broke and then released real quick—that was brilliant. That's the sort of football I like seeing at Chelsea because it's—it's it's not ticky-tacker, it's not really slow, and you know we're going to go through the stages to get the ball up top. It's turn and go, turn and go, and I think Chelsea have always been at their best when you played like that. Going back to when I saw us in, you know, when I first started watching football and understanding it properly under Hullet and Viali. I know we weren't a great team in the way that we'd like to think we are now, but it was still quick transition, still really quick, fast-paced football. And that's what I think has been the Chelsea identity and watching matches as far back as Doherty, Not that I can give you an expert opinion on it, but that's how we played. He had the wing-backs, he had players getting forward, and we turned teams quick, right? Yeah. I think that's the, that, that is the Chelsea way, almost.
0: I, I think there's a, there's a touch of 2005 about this team. I and mean, I know it's obvious to... You know, to look at Lukaku and make the comparisons with Drogba. But there was moments where it, it just looked like vintage Drogba. You know, that kind of physicality, that ability to run at pace, that presence that he had up front. You know, it just it just felt like that. And then there were moments of, you know, when, when Kovacic was driving that looked very Essien like and you know there were moments of uh of, of Thiago Silva that were John Terry like and it, it just had a sense of unity and strength about that team that you know the augurs really well for me
1: yeah and even going so far back as Mendy right yeah right making the saves at important moments which Czech would do he doesn't have much to do in a game and then suddenly he's there to to yeah. take you know the ball away from trouble
0: yeah, no, it's it's exciting stuff. So, I mean, Harry Kane, I mean, he's he's always seen as this ultra professional. You know, you you could assume that he's he's going to be professional about not getting his move to Man City, but you know, is is he somebody you worry about?
1: Yeah, of course you do. I think you do. I think you see. I know it was a a bit of bad goalkeeping from um, Sánchez in the England Poland game, but he's got that ability to do that right—drop deep and score goals from long range. I yeah. think. But you see against Palace someone might correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the stat was he didn't have a shot and he didn't have a touch in the Palace box. No, he didn't. And, that's, and I don't think that's about him. That's about what's playing behind him, right? Because you could have Alan Shearer playing in that Spurs team and if he's not getting the deliveries and if he's not getting the ball, he can't do anything. And I just think that if Chelsea are resolute enough you know, in that midfield area to stop that service to him, then that just kills Spurs off completely because he is their biggest threat. And I think Son was injured, wasn't he, in in international duty, so I don't know if he's going to play in this game, but um, I think without Son and Kane, or at least without them being in the game, Spurs are just, they're not a very good team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, good points, well made. Um, So let's have a bit of a prediction for Sunday. Who are you going for, Gary?
1: I'm going to go for Spurs nil,
0: Chelsea three. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be quite as optimistic. I'm going to go Spurs nil, Chelsea two. Both goals from Romelu Lukaku, Um, and another clean sheet. Uh, You know, I think this is an opportunity. And of course, once we go through Tottenham, we have to play Man City, Um, and that's been a pretty tough run, hasn't it, to start the season? And then and then it seems to ease a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Southampton on the back of City going into the international break is nice, but I think if you remember, and then my Brentford,
0: and then you know, and then a, you know, a bunch of other games after that. But my, there's there's no easy games in the Premier League. But this was a very tough start.
1: Yeah, and I think my prediction will ring true that we'll remain undefeated heading into the international break. It Doesn't mean that we're going to win all those games, but I think City, obviously being the trickiest one, but I just yeah. think the way I think the way we're playing, and I know it was disjointed against Villa, but. This team believes that maybe winning the Champions League has done it for them as well, but they believe that they're, they're title contenders now. And you can yeah. see the way they're playing. That there's a bit of purpose to them. There's a bit of substance that has been missing. So um, I think that when a Chelsea team plays like that, Spurs teams falter.
0: Well, I think that's a great note to leave it on. Thanks for your input this week, Gary. Uh, fingers crossed that we get the result we want against uh, Spurs on Sunday. Uh, come on your blues, and we'll see you next week. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.